We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, LightYears listeners? We're excited to invite you to the official LightYears slash Warriors World Draft Party, July 29th at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco. Our first official show post-pandemic, food, drinks, real-time draft analysis, Q&As, special guests, free merch giveaways. And remember, your first drink is on us with a ticket purchase. We are excited and can't wait to see you there. Info to purchase tickets can be found on our social feeds and official LightYears link tree. Welcome to Light Years Radio on the Green Roof app on Spotify. Andy Lou, we have a new NBA champion, the Milwaukee Bucks. How do you feel? Oh, I think one of the better NBA finals that I've seen in my lifetime. Uh, these Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns, both teams, I think, largely likable outside of CP3. Largely likable. Would have been okay with either one winning, but... Sam, I think the uh, quality of the games and the closeness of each game, I was nervous and I wasn't necessary. And, and our Warriors weren't playing and I was nervous. That's all, that's all I got to say. <laughs> I was sitting here and I'm just kind of sweating a little bit. It was incredible basketball. I am I am very happy about the way the season turned out. It was a lot better than last season. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start there. I'll give you that. Like we, first off, the fan environment in both arenas reminded me of 2015 where you had like two fan bases who had not been there and there was just so much like reverence and joy and like you're just never going to replicate that in a bubble with no fans period right so like I, I i felt for that but like yeah man it 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 felt like honestly I know you said this. It felt like 2015 to me when you're watching a team you didn't think was really capable of playing at that level. Like, it, you know, like, I, I mean, this is a Warriors specific show, so I'm just going to be real with it. It's like, I didn't believe the Warriors could actually win a title until they won a title. Of course right? not. And, yeah, and that's, not. and that's how I felt watching Milwaukee. I know some Bucks fans, shout out Ben Thompson, uh, <laughs> shout out Ty Windish. Shout out to all the Bucks fans out there. Those are the two sticking my mind. I know they felt like I don't care what the numbers say. I don't care if we're the favorite. Like deep down in your mind, you're like you're you're rooting for a team. You're like we're not one of those teams who wins a title, right? Yeah. And and then um, just Giannis being homegrown, going through yes. some bad yes. playoff runs over the past few years. Um, quite frankly, they probably should have beat the Heat last year in the bubble. Like, I mean, we thought Giannis was going to leave a free agency. We were, yeah. we, you know, I'd, I'd been, I'd been scouting real estate in the Bay Area for him for months. Um, <laughs> and it, but, you know, all the respect in the world for him to stay. And like, I don't think he has a regret in the world. Even well, if Milwaukee never wins another one, like doing it, going through the hard times and getting to the mountaintop and doing it that way. Like there's something emotionally that's oh i a hundred percent i'm with you and i'm glad you brought this up because when he uh, 
when he like the fans are different like let's let's say if the lakers were playing in front of fans in la like that would have been different it wouldn't have been like of course just you see the people outside of milwaukee and let's say even if phoenix won it right but like those fans outside were insane they hadn't won 71 i mean i was (laughs) 20 more years before i was born so like well, that is insane. And then Giannis's story is incredible. You put that all together. I I brought up the Warriors because that's the first team you think of where you got one guy who's drafted to an awful team, an awful franchise. He stays there through the tough times. And then like you said, you got the heartbreak, right? With Giannis, you got co- going up against the Raptors. You got last season with Steph. You got the ankle injuries. You got Den- uh, you got the San Antonio Spurs, right? You got your fair share of heartbreak too. And then you kind of just. You and know, you got Warriors your are, yeah the Warriors and you got your and, overall feeling that like you know people are constantly telling you you can't win with that guy oh, as your best player. That's the yeah. other. That's the other thing. I mean we we've saw we've seen the silliness over the last few weeks. You know Giannis doesn't have a bag. Giannis can't do X. He's more of a Robin than a right. Batman. And um, I, all of this stuff should should hit familiar for Warriors fans. So it's <laughs> um. I don't know. It's it's the perseverance. It's the team aspect. There's the level of vulnerability to it also makes it better. I don't I don't really know how to explain it. Like the Bucks are a incredibly good team, particularly on defense. But there's like a vulnerability to the way they play. Like they you watch them, and at times you're like, uh oh, what's going on? You know, like yeah, that sort. Of, I mean, and it, and it's just like having the perseverance and toughness to go through it, even though. People wouldn't traditionally call them like a tough team. They're, it's, I don't know. They, these are my favorite stories where you kind of watch a quote unquote underdog figure kind of well, figure it out over time. We can, I mean, there's a lot of ways to go. So I'm going to start with the Giannis, uh, uh, with the Giannis performance because number one, it was he, he couldn't score. He couldn't, he didn't have all these post moves. And it goes out to Nate drops 50 points. Okay, so let's start there because he did it with fadeaways. He did it with dunks. He did it with free throws. He missed two free throws the entire night, 16 for 18 or whatever it was, 7 for 19. 17 for 19. Incredible. (laughs) After Chris Paul said, oh, even Giannis thinks he's missing free throws, right? James Harden last year was calling saying how he doesn't have a move, et cetera, et cetera. And all of this stuff is I think there's a Steph comparison where a lot of the players in the NBA don't necessarily – I don't. I don't want to say dislike Giannis, but they just don't think of Giannis as do you, like they, they think that Harden is better than Giannis. And I think right now you watch this playoff series and you sit here and you say Harden is not even close to Giannis's level. The relentlessness that Giannis plays with offensively, and then we saw what he did on de- what he did on defense. Right? You talk about that suffocating defense that they have. It's Giannis. Right, five blocks that defense. Oh my, yeah, five blocks. He had five blocks, and it's almost. Oh. Uh, it's almost insulting to just like bring it down to the numbers. It's like, I feel like that's true of every great player though, where you're just like, oh, he had this, but it's like, but if you watched it, like I, the you, number did you watch doesn't him make Aiden look, Aiden look like me. Like he looked like <laughs> me trying to go, like it was embarrassing. I hey, ain't 22 years old. He's a kid, but I mean, I mean, he was incredible this postseason. I mean, Giannis is, make him look like a kid out there. Giannis is at that level where no one man can guard him. Like no you one. need a team scheme to guard him. <laughs> and, um, I love Jay Crowder, but you know, you, you need a little more size up front there. So it's like, it's no different. It's no different than Steph Curry. Like no one's guarding Steph one-on-one. It's a team scheme. So different yeah. than LeBron James, no different than yeah. KD, like all these guys, like you, you, you have to have like a, uh, a full, like you have to have five eyes on them. You have to like constantly be bringing help and building a wall with Giannis. Like Aiton, physically can hang with Giannis, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. Like you need like more than just that. And I don't know. It's, I thought that was a super enjoyable finals. Um, And, you know, I want shout out to Phoenix Suns. Like, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I'm not a huge Chris Paul guy either, but like Devin Booker, (laughs) Devin Booker, you know, hat tip. Uh, watching him walk off the court made me feel a certain way. I was just like, man, I feel bad for that guy. Like he played his heart out. And like that guy's, you know, he's, he's been maligned because he's been on some bad teams, but I think he kind of, you know, what Devin Booker showed me this year is like, you really do. You can't just evaluate guys just by 
the team they're on. You have to like look through the context and everything well, on some level. I assume that's why you're such a big Zach Levine fan. I think this is part <laughs> of what, what you're trying to say. And you're such a big Bradley Beal fan. Look, I get, I get the agenda here. I'm also with you. The part that I don't feel too bad is Devin Booker was incredible, but he'll, you know, he'll have his other chances. He's still young. It's his first run. He, did, he hasn't had much heartbreak yet. You know, you don't just, you don't just get to the top of the mountain without experience some failure yeah if, like, if anything been, been, yeah. <laughs> you will learn a lot about him if, if, if i could read yeah. anything from him i don't think he's going to accept being on a garbage team going forward like he's going to be it does seem pretty cool i mean pretty pretty tough like that I, I did not see that coming yeah exactly um beyond that like i mean deandre ayton's been kind of a revelation all playoffs like so Giannis got him <laughs> you know Giannis might be sure. the best player in the league honestly sure. so it's okay. Either way, Aiton showed me he's a hell of a player. He's going to get his max contract, and rightfully so. Um, Michael Bridges, Mikhail Bridges, a hell of a player. Like, just a lot of likable stuff on both sides. Um, I don't know, man. It's uh, It makes me feel very good about the direction the NBA is heading after uh, – the pandemic just kind of sucked for sports in general, to be honest. So this just, was, it's this- just good. This was much needed for the NBA. This was a great series. This was a great series. I think if you're a a casual fan, like we like I always say, and like you always say, NBA doesn't sell to us. You know, everybody in this room is watching if the Celtics. Yeah, they they got my eyes. The Wizards (laughs) in the Eastern Conference Finals. Like it doesn't matter who's playing. But you know, I think the Giannis. I think the Giannis story. I'm going to backtrack a little bit. I think the Giannis story is what could make is what makes it so cool for the NBA because the guy the guy was homeless. The guy, you talk about adversity, you talk about the stuff that he went through. The guy didn't just get drafted to a bad team. Like, that wasn't the adversity. He had an actual real-life adversity. Like, the stuff that he had to go through to get to the United States and then – and again, you watch him speak. Like, I mean, he didn't – He didn't first language. He right? didn't like, have citizenship. Hard. He didn't have citizenship anywhere. So, yeah. I mean, oh, it's – it's as that. It's a different level of adversity. Uh couldn't couldn't happen to a more likable person and i really hope the nba leans into it because uh you know he's a likable he he's everything you want to root for in sports in general and um you know i we're gonna root against him when he plays against the warriors but you know in general i i just have nothing but you know just a hat tip and anything and i hope milwaukee enjoys it um where should we take this from here Oh, uh, should, we get, should we get into some draft stuff about this or should we open this to some questions? Yeah, let's start because people are going to – one more thing, I guess, before we go. We should open this up. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the, the Chris Paul stuff is pretty funny. So I'll just throw that out there real quick and we can riff on it. But uh, <laughs> just too much too much Chris Paul love for my taste and I am glad the way this series ended. So good on uh, good on the Milwaukee Bucks for rescuing the people that – that uh, we're sick of the Chris Paul slurpage. Uh, do you okay? Can we can we talk about this? Do you despise Chris Paul, or do you, do do you despise the people who like Chris Paul? <laughs> uh, because I I've I've, question, I've, yeah. I've put a lot of thought into this one. I have some thoughts. Oh boy, I'm gonna go quick because I know you have thoughts. Then uh, I think that's more LeBron. I think I actually like LeBron. I think the talk around LeBron is very very. It's impossible, and it makes him very unlikable. Chris Paul is actually unlikable. Like the the way that he's like he's actually dirty. He's out here screaming at his players. Oh, you're not good enough to do that. Then he actually he controls the game in a way that's not fun to watch. And then he's also flopping and flailing just ridiculously. Yeah, people and people want to people call him the point god, but I feel like point czar or point <laughs> Stalin is more like on brand for him. Where it's just like I I call the shots. Like my five year plan. Uh, go go just tend to the to the fields. Point Stalin. Yeah. I, so I think. It's also because he's he has he doesn't win titles. I think that's the part where it's the most annoying. Where you don't get all that love, you don't win titles. LeBron wins titles, so you kind of deal with it. And he's awesome to watch. Yeah, well, he's always got a super Paul, team. You're not. Anyway. Yeah, he does have these um, teams every week. But yeah, go ahead. I, I d- well, one, I think Chris Paul would be a lot more enjoyable if he leaned into the villain thing more. So he's objectively a villain. He plays dirty. And I don't even mean that as an insult, but he's always grabbing, he's pushing guys, he's he's making up for the fact that he's 5'11 by being a little dirty and being kind of smarter than most people. In some ways, it reminds me of the bad boy Pistons. Like Isaiah Thomas was hated during his era, 
Like we, we, he literally didn't get invited to the dream team because of how much he was hated by Michael Jordan, by um, Larry Bird, by a lot of those guys. And I just feel like Chris Paul would be almost more likable if he leaned into the, if leaned into the unlikability. But I think if there's one thing you and I agree on, it's, I cannot stand people telling me to like something that I don't want to like. Like it's, it's tiresome. The media is like, isn't it just amazing? It's just, it's like, I don't know, man, he's kind of the biggest, um, for lack of a better way to put it like Dick, right? Like his entire game is unlikability. Like just call it the way it is instead of trying to make me find him a sympathetic. I'm with you. I, I think that goes for a lot of, uh, the, the the narrative around players and 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 themes of the season and stuff like they just kind of want you to like something. That's a cool part about the Bucks. You don't have to like them, but man, they are. When you watch Giannis play, when you watch Drew Holiday on and off the court, these guys are the most likable teams. That that that's why I like the Sun, same thing. But the Chris Paul stuff is what irked me so much. That's why I just started. Oh yeah, like that's a, like that's really what it was. By the way, can we talk about that? Like Devin Booker was clearly the best player on that team. Every mm-hmm. metric measured out yeah. to it in the finals. Like they were minus a billion when Booker was off the floor. Uh, if you need the plus minus to prove it, but it's just like it, it, it's one of those things where it's like, oh, Chris Paul's leadership is why Devin Booker hit that two handed his face fadeaway. Like, come on, man. Like, stop trying to sell something and, and just call it the way it is. Chris Paul at this yeah. point's 36. He's still pretty damn good. Pretty good. Um, but yeah. he's not the star of the team. And he's – it's just not the story. It feels it feels like a lot of things in media where they have a story they want to tell and they're going to work backwards and manufacture facts to make it happen <laughs> instead of just tell it the way it is. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, and so I'm glad that the uh, I'm glad that the Suns lost. I think one more thing, one more thing. Uh, that was the best finals game by a player I have ever seen. Um, I I I can be corrected. I will think about it more. Elim- later. Elimination. Yeah, yep. I, I I can't yep. think of anyone who's played better in an elimination game. Um, clincher game. Like I just I just in my life. I, mean, I, I guess I, I mean I, I watched Jordan. So I, I'll I, go back. I can't count that. Ninety-eight game six Jordan against Utah. Um, but that was a little more of a grind game. I think that's on par with it. Um, I think that might even be better. But like, I mean, that's that's literally what I'm coming down to. I'm like, I remember Michael you went Jordan back to MJ, the greatest. Player yeah, ever. exactly, yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> someone in the chat goes, Pat Connaughton, Connaughton zero points tonight. Wow, <laughs> <laughs> Pat Connaughton is a good player. Andy Lou has been on the Pat Connaughton train for like five years. <laughs> He's very athletic. I like him. He's a good role player. He infuriates me, but he look, man, he's got some stones. He took some awful shots tonight, but he got stones. But uh not Would you prefer yeah. would you prefer Connaughton to Bazemore? Ah oh, man, they both kind of uh Would you prefer Con- Okay, is is Connaughton uh, above Ubre for you? So Oh yes, 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 yes. Okay. But 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 we're not we're not sure if he's better than Bazemore for you. Yes, I I think so. Because they both frustrate <laughs> me in the same way. That's 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 really the thing. Like Conan today today shot a three from like five feet behind the arc above the break, and then a quarter later shoots another three with like fourteen on the shot clock after their offensive rebound. Anyway, not a Patty C pod. Uh, I am glad he did play well throughout the playoffs. He is one of the reasons why they got there and won too. Like it, it's good for him because no Dante Divincenzo. They rely on my guy Patty C a lot. So good for him. Good for him. Good for him and Dante is the man. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, JJ Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis. Analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, we're gonna we're gonna open this up. Questions. You can talk about anything. You want to talk about the Bucks? Amazing. You want to go Warriors? Nostalgia? Amazing. You want to talk about the draft? Nine days away, knee deep in that draft coverage. Andy can attest to the fact that you know I'm I'm doing the Joe Lacob, sending him videos at five a.m. So you know we're ready to talk about it all. All right, let's keep Ooh. moving. Maxwell, what's up, my man? Friend of the show. Hey guys, up. Uh- I have two questions, but before that, I do want to give Andy respect because I remember the first part of the season, he said the Bucks were going to win the championship. So respect to Andy. Uh, and also rest in peace, rest in piss, Chris Paul. Um, just <laughs> all, it, it's wonderful that that guy didn't win a ring. It, it's a beautiful thing. But my, my two questions, first off, I know that they won't, but should the Bucks get rid of Boonholzer? Because let's be real. If Harden or Kyrie don't go down, they probably lose that series in five. If Katie's toe is a half inch uh smaller they lose and just watching their half court offense it's disgusting and i mean i know they won but should should they get rid of them and also my second question is this version of Giannis the best player ever and i'm not trying to be a prisoner of the moment but knocking down free throws um defensively i mean he's one of the greatest defensive players ever i don't think that's even uh uh, hyperbole. I think he just is that good defensively, and you know, is a modern day Shaq. So those are my two yeah. questions. Maxwell, great question. Um, let's talk Bud for a second. Andy, where are you at with Coach Bud? Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna do Bud, and then I want to talk about Giannis because I wanted to bring this up earlier. Um, Bud made some really sweet changes. Um, I think very Steve, about- very Steve Kirsch, where. He he came through in the clutch in the fourth quarter, and it makes you forget all the infuriating stuff from the conference uh, semis. I, <laughs> uh, like I think he had a, I think he did a good job, kind of taking Brook out, um, but he didn't. Like Brook Lopez was not unplayable, but he also wasn't absolutely playable. So like I think Bud did a good job with Brook, where you're going to play this game, and if you're not playing well, you're just not going to play in some games where you just are going to play. I'll leave the rest of the Bud breakdown for you because I want to say one thing about Giannis is that I feel like from the Nets series to this series, he's gotten so much better during the postseason. It feels like he's only getting started, right? Because he was going through Blake Griffin. I don't know what he was doing. He was just, he was, he was just running into the guy 48 minutes a game, couldn't figure out how to go through him. And by the time the the series got to the Suns, it felt like Giannis had figured out, oh, this is what I should be doing. And he figured basketball out and he dropped 50 in a, in, in a finals clincher. It and I does, think that this is just the beginning. Yeah. It does feel like they were a little shook by the Nets. They got lucky with some injuries there. But once they got through the Nets, I feel like they were a different team. I think that happens to a lot of teams. Like People always love to point out about how Memphis got the Warriors on the ropes oh, in 15. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. And and they did. And then the Warriors figured it out. And from there on, I I just feel like the confidence level went to another level. Because I don't think – look, it's not like Giannis developed a three-point shot between, like, the conference semis and the finals. It's not like Drew Holiday became a different player. I, it just feels like they were less afraid and there was a little more confidence and they trusted who they were. And – they're already like a relentless tough squad before that. I just think they needed to get through that. So um, who knows what happens 
if the injuries never happen for, for the Nets. Uh, I don't want to put a damper on anything that Milwaukee's done. But for the point they went on there, I feel like they're a different team. And it seems like, you know, I mean, every team, if you actually stick together and you don't do the LeBron thing where you trade everyone and like move cities and then blame everyone else for your failures. <laughs> um, if you actually stick through it and go through some adversity, there has to be a moment where you push through. And it, it happens in different ways for everyone else. And it's not like, it's not always the most obvious thing, but like for Milwaukee, for me, it was clearly getting through the nets. They, they just were not the same team after that. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. All right. Let's keep moving. Oh, producer Tim. Oh, what's, up, <laughs> what's going on guys. What's going on? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Hey man. Oh man. Yeah. Very, very happy to see, see the bucks win this. Cause you, cause you guys already know what what the talk was going to be if if Phoenix won and especially if Chris Paul got the uh finals MVP you already know what the talk was going to be oh absolutely right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what wasn't it crazy how once Phoenix got up 2-0 like they were just basically just they were just begging to give give it to Chris Paul oh man I, yeah i, I, I think that's the, yeah that was crazy yeah go ahead Sam. that was crazy i was gonna say t- that's pretty much my biggest issue if you let it just organically happen you know what by all all means you know flowers to chris paul capping a amazing career but you're trying to sell me on it in live time like it just makes you not want it to happen i feel like that's i feel like that's the nba's issue in general they can't let organic shit happen. They can't just let it happen. They have to like get involved and make you think a certain way. And it's so infuriating because like right now I'm watching Giannis. Great story. Like Andy said, homeless to NBA champion. Um, just such a different route, like immigrant through Nigeria to Greece. Ooh. Uh, non, he literally didn't have a nation for a long period of time to now maybe being the best player in the NBA and easily cool. amazing. And it's, you just let the stories play out. Like you don't have to tamper the stories, man. I get, I, I get it. I also think the other part guys is it's how, how important is it to really give a shit who's leading the finals MVP during a series guys? Like the Suns are up 2-0. Let's talk about why the Suns are up 2-0. Let's talk about how awesome they are. Let's talk about what the Bucks need to fix in order to get back in the series. Who the hell cares after a game or two who's the finals MVP? Honestly, end of the day, does it really matter who wins the MVP, right? Like, why are we arguing about these awards when the game is not about those awards? The game is about who wins the goddamn game or, exactly. the, or the series, right? Like, what exactly. are we doing here? Yeah. Exactly, man. Exactly. Anyway, man. I'll let I'll let other people get on, but can't wait for the draft party. I'll see y'all. I'll see y'all there. <laughs> we got Jameson on Sam on the on the corporate card. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Uh right, let's keep moving. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. Um just got home from watching the game at a sports bar. It was really fun. Uh but two things. First, uh Sam, could you do a uh could you do a premium podcast on the Howard Terminal just solo? <laughs> <laughs> I might do. I might do it next week. I got. I got you. Yeah. Okay. And second, uh, second, I'm so happy that Napoleon Complex Chris Paul didn't win a title. Uh, I I just can't stand the guy in general. He does all this sneaky stuff. He'll throw an elbow in your face. Then he'll come punch you in the balls. And he almost tried to do that this game. He was getting close, but then the Bucks just pulled away before he could do anything stupid. And then I think the performance on finals has again been lifted. The barometer used to be Shaq for traditional big man finals performances. I think Giannis took that crown tonight, personally. What are your thoughts on that, guys? Yeah, I, I, by the way, Ryan, appreciate it. Um, that's an interesting conversation we can get into, Andy. I think Giannis basically capped the conversation about what a big man should look like. Like, so traditionally we just think of big men as like Shaq or Tim Duncan, like back to the basket, post up, do those sort of things. And then, you know, Steph comes around and it's like the big man is dead. And really, in my opinion, the big man's not dead. It's just like, they have to have a skill set, kind of like Giannis, which is like, 
He's a big, but he can do some perimeter things. But more than anything, he has the athleticism to hang on the perimeter. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, Warriors fans are going to think James Wiseman, right? Just in terms of the modern big man. Um, but I, James, I, I think with Giannis, it's the handle that really separates. Um, he is so, he's just, he's, he's, when you talk about someone that, is relentless at the rim and then he's also able to go up and down the floor like we talk we talk about anthony davis he's probably more traditional as a big man than Giannis, because anthony davis is not bringing the ball up the floor anthony davis very very rarely initiates offense the way that Giannis does anthony davis way better shooter obviously right right but like just in terms of the way that it's played like a like a I don't know. It's so hard to explain. He's almost like a, a mix between that old school center. I call him Shaq DeCumpo. And then he's also yeah. like a, like a freaking point guard. Uh, so, so, so here's the way I see it. So they have a modern big man, like has to have the mobility to defend the perimeter. Right. Andy, yeah. like that's, that's a starting point. If you can't do that, you're always going to be kind of, it's just gonna be a question mark but then after that they have to have at least one perimeter skill whether it's a jump shot like anthony davis um or the handle like Giannis, they have to be able to do one perimeter thing because they're just not going to get the touches they need to offensively affect a game at like a superstar level like ayton's affecting the game at like an all-star level but like Aiton doesn't have a handle or a jump shot at the level where he's going to get you 30, much less 50, right? He's, he doesn't have that. He, he's not that player. If you want to be, if you want to build a team around a big man, they have to have at least one perimeter skill to get their own shot because it's, you'd gone are the days where you can just throw it into the post to them 40 times. And that's an effective offense. Like you in front the post, you can do things mm-hmm. that you couldn't do in Shaq play. There, there is a there is an irony here where you need to be more skilled to play in the NBA, and the Giannis was called out for not being skilled. Like exactly, exactly, incredible. It's just, yeah, it's, it's this guy is so incredibly skilled. And did I see something um, that he just he didn't even know how to play basketball until he was like seventeen or something like that, right? Like we talked pretty about much. It's, it's just it's that's the amount of hard work, the amount of the, and I'm gonna, it's like a Giannis slurp fest. Guys, I forgot to bring up that he he scored fifty in an elimination game. It's okay, guys. We'll get back to Kuminga versus Book Night talk on the next episode. He had his knee bent backwards three weeks ago. You know what I mean? The way that he spent staying in shape is so so above everyone else. And I bring up and the name I bring up was like James Harden. Guy's never in shape. You know why the guy's always quote unquote tired, even though he doesn't play defense. Come the rest of the postseason, never in shape. This guy Giannis is is so ridiculous. That he's out, he's out here. End of the season clincher, fifty points on a sprained knee. I mean, just make it make sense. It's crazy. Agreed. All right, keep moving. Adam, what's up, man? Uh, yeah, hi. I'm from London. I just wanted to say congrats Ooh. on your podcast. Awesome. So I don't usually get to watch many NBA games, but I've like stayed up for the finals. It's almost six a.m. here. Um, Imagine. this is about the Warriors. I was actually thinking, um, usually I, I used to see a lot of things about Davion Mitchell at seven, but now I never see it anymore. All I see is James Booknight, and I was wondering who you think we should, like, out of those two, who you think would be the better fit for us? Adam, appreciate it. That's a great question. From London. So, shout out. Thank you. Shout out London. I got to ask Adam where in London he, he's uh, living. But anyway, that's a different question. Okay, so I'm going to go on record saying I don't think they're taking Davion Mitchell at seven. I, I understand why the coaching staff likes Davion Mitchell. I actually think Davion Mitchell will be a good player, but it just feels too low upside for a pick that high. Uh, Any way you slice it, like there's a realistic chance Davion Mitchell is better than like half of the picks in the top seven. Um, but like, it just feels like buying low. He's 23. The jump shot is suspect. Uh, he's six feet tall, barely. I don't know how that plays with Steph Curry. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the Warriors are going to swing on high upside at seven if they keep the pick. And if they keep the pick, that's James Booknight or Kuminga if he falls. Sam sources. Um 
I I don't yeah I I don't know I think I'd be kind of happy with all, all of it I I find it hard to believe that they would draft James Booknight even though that is someone that I think would be really awesome for the Warriors to develop um, he's because of the he's not a he's not a typical yeah. Warriors player that there's no way around right. that he's a he's a little bit of a uh, he, he he's a bag to- <laughs> um. For those that didn't listen to our last podcast, we had Anthony Slater on, friend of the show from the, from the Athletic. Um, he mentioned Moses Moody as someone that uh, was, was very likely. And that one makes more sense to me. A wing, guy can play a little bit of defense, he can shoot three, and he's a generally smart player. Doesn't have much upside. So that, that feels like to me more the pick. Simple, like if it were me, I would give me the guy who has the most in theory, upside, which would be Booknight or Kaminga. I think if Kaminga's there at seven, I think the Warriors, they are uh, they are sprinting. They are not yeah, even, I, I don't, they are not even waiting. We're going to get into Kaminga on the next episode, and we have Sam Vecini coming up draft Uh-oh. week. So uh, that stuff's coming up. But um, they are going to, in my opinion, they're going to go, in all likelihood, one pick's going to be like a safe a quote-unquote safe, we think this guy can play day one. Maybe a Chris Duarte, maybe a Moses Moody, something like that. And the other one's going to be an upside swing. Someone that may have a rough year one, but we think, you know, like the Jordan Poole thing where you're like, I don't know. Then like by the end of year two, you're like, oh man, how did that guy not go higher in the draft, right? Right. Like right. I, I can't, I can't see them going with like – Someone in the chat goes Duarte and Kispert. They're not drafting Duarte and Kispert with the two picks. <laughs> they're gonna. They might take one right. of those. They might take one of those guys, but I think they're going to do the other thing. When it gets to Book Night, I actually think Book Night can play year one in a condensed role. Uh, he might just be a fifteen minute per game like instant offense off the bench, uh, but he has upside to be a lot more. And finally, the chat mentioned more Levine than Booker. I would agree with that. Um, he's the, the thing. Booknight can shoot it from everywhere on the floor, but the thing that's special about him, in my opinion, is his. Uh, he's got some finishing skills that you can't teach, like body control, contorting himself in traffic, that sort of stuff, which no one on the Warriors can really do other than Steph Curry. And I think we all agree we don't want Steph like throwing himself inside fifty games, fifty times a game, so. All right, keep moving. We'll do more draft stuff later. Other Luke. Other Luke. What's Ahoy, up, boys. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Good. What's up, man? All right. Uh, look, firstly, happy fuck you CP3 day. Um, <laughs> we made it. Really happy about that. I got a couple of questions. So uh, first question is, who do you reckon got more finals MVP votes? Um, would it have been CP3 or LeBron? And... The second question is, um, how does the Bucks winning affect uh, the Warriors' offseason? Does it change what they want to do or what they're going to do? That's a great question, other Luke. Um, other I'll, Luke I'll, from I'll Australia, too. Very nice. Do you think this affects what the Warriors want to do? No. I, <laughs> I think the Suns' way of winning – affects the way that they view James Wiseman, which you can argue whether to right or wrong. But I think that's, they look at that and they're like, oh, okay, we can win with Wiseman two years from now when Steph is in his mid-30s, right? And maybe we can get a younger guy that can develop and stuff like that. We can get our own Cam Johnson in this draft. I think they view it that way. But in terms of the way that basketball is played, I don't, I don't think so. They're, they're, the Warriors know who they are. No, and more than anything, I don't think the Bucks did anything that makes the Warriors um, like rethink basketball philosophy. Like the Bucks are an amazing defensive team. The Bucks show the value of having multi-positional defenders, which is something the Warriors already knew. They show the value of spacing. That like they, they didn't like change the game, and we already know the Warriors kind of put a precipice on like getting a little more size and athleticism to be able to handle teams who have freaks, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, I, I think they were already going to do that. Um, so it doesn't change the philosophy. They just need to get more talent and develop the talent better. There will still be no one that can guard Giannis going straight at the rim. Um, there is no one in the NBA that can do that. So you're no, just going to have to and, live with that. 
you have to have a team scheme. Like you can put you can put Draymond on him, but it only works if you have five guys on a string making sure to rotate. Because you get Giannis in a one on one going downhill, it's just kind of like, well, hope he misses his free throws. That's kind of yeah. what it comes down to. Yeah, oh God, I can't get over seventeen for nineteen tonight. It's just it's my man. I'm so happy for him. All right, yeah, Rick, Ricky Garcia, what's up? My- All right, so I was looking at the uh, Vegas uh, NBA championship odds for next season. They have the Warriors at fourth, behind the Nets, the Lakers, and the Bucks. So, what is Vegas predicting? might happen to put the Warriors up so high? Nick Batum, baby. Nick Batum is the answer to everything. Um, no, that's a great question. Uh, Andy, what do you think? I don't know if they're actually taking into account uh, any big trades that the Warriors are, the make, are going to make. I actually think it – I think Sam's joking, but I also think he's – I just don't think that's what they're thinking. It's – it's if Steph, Draymond, and Clay comes back healthy. We're not talking about healthy in November. We're talking about being healthy in in April. Um, yeah. They got a good shot at it as long as they get some veterans like Nick Batum. Like I don't. It's not unrealistic for them to be the fourth best basketball team when May comes around. It's not. No, I agree with you. I think so. I think it's fifty percent Warrior fans are insane. Like yeah, I mean, the yeah. Lakers, the Lakers in general can have a mediocre roster and will still be top five in title odds every year because they know people are going to put money on it. Our guy, Guy Fieri, is going to put, you know, 200K <laughs> on the words winning it all. Uh, friend of the show. Anyway, um, but 50% is, I do think the NBA is pretty open. I think the only team who is quote unquote, like, ahead of everyone talent-wise, is Brooklyn. But they are just unreliable. I don't know who's healthy. I don't know who's taking, you know, mental health days. I don't know who's taking, like, uh, I don't know if James Harden's going to show up 40 pounds overweight and pull a hammy again. Like, these are all, you know, I don't know if they're going to get into an internal fight, to be honest. Like, I know if you get Kyrie Harden and KD playing together, like that's a monster that no one wants to deal with, but I don't know that I like trust it. And after that, like, yeah, if the Warriors get clay healthy and tweak everything around the margins, I'm not saying they're favorites, but they're definitely dangerous. I don't like, I don't think Phoenix is honestly that good. Like I think Devin Booker is amazing. I think they are a solid team who hit a lucky run. The Clippers would scare me, but Kawhi's missing all of Kawhi's next done. year. Um, LeBron and AD are always going to be a problem individually, but LeBron will be 37 next year. Um, and I don't know what they're doing around the margins. Like, I, Honestly, if you were to ask me, I'd probably still say the Lakers are the best team in the West going into next year, but like, you know, LeBron's been hurt two out of three years now, and AD is he's just AD's he's AD. just kind of yeah. It's like one day he looks like the best player in the NBA, then the next day you don't know if something's going to bother him physically. So they're they're not a reliable thing either. And I, I just think it it leads to you being able to talk yourself into the Warriors being at that table if they're healthy. So that's what I think. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, by the way, real quick quote uh, from Giannis. Uh, he just said he could have easily joined a super team, done his part with other stars, and won that way. Says, quote, that's the easy way. <laughs> then pounds the table, says this is the hard way, or this was the hard way. What if? Oh, man. God, he what if? Yeah, what, what, what an immigrant. God, he's just, he's he's about to tell his kids about how he came to this country with $6 in his pocket for the next 30 years. Crazy part is, I think he did. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> I have nothing. Uh, I'm nothing but uh, nothing but love for him. But um, uh, <laughs> he just he just reminds me of like every fob uncle. <laughs> and he's 26. He's yeah, exactly. The, the 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 uncle vibe at 26 is perfect. All right, uh, Noah, what's up, man? Yeah, I was just watching, and I was I was sort of thinking watching PJ Tucker. I don't think I saw him score in this series. It might have been when I wasn't looking. But it gave me hope for Draymond going forward that he could be out there just doing nothing as well uh, and still be, you know, winning. So, oh God, not really a question, but that was just my hope <laughs> watching that. Nice. No, I appreciate the call. Little, little Draymond slanders. 
at least PJ Tucker wasn't driving to the rim and then throwing it out, not taking a layup. So. Oh my god! I guess I guess when he's like the fifth most important player, that's fine. <laughs> Draymond's like second. Sacksham, what's up, man? I was just um, wondering about the CP3 leaving the Suns. You think it's gonna happen or no? Do I think he's gonna leave? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. Sacksham, we appreciate you calling in, Andy. Do you? Even give a shit if Chris Paul says <laughs> this. No, I think I think he's so there's a there is a conspiracy theory that he's gonna be on the Lakers and Did Mello. you see the magic tweet? Did you see the magic and tweet? I did see the ma- yeah, there let's talk go. about the magic tweet. That's actually that's, that's probably what, what brought it up. Um yeah. he goes Magic goes a big three of LeBron, Chris, and A D will equal an NBA championship. No less than Hour after the Bucks win, <laughs> what happened to Dame? <laughs> respect, respect to respect to the Lakers. Respect <laughs> to the shamelessness that is Hollywood. Absolute um, shamelessness. Oh my goodness. Do I think Chris Paul will stay? Hmm. I don't know. How much money is he leaving on the table to go? That's the real I question. Was, I was gonna say I was gonna say because if he leaves, he's not signing for much. He's not leaving for a real contract in LA. He's he's leaving for he's a, leaving money on the table. Yeah, he just, the, he's the question is LeBron. The, the question is how much, and you know what? I, I I could see it. I mean, I don't think Chris Paul is hurting for money. I don't I don't know what his uh, I, I don't know what his motivations are, but you know what? We'll worry about that when we get there. I, I also would enjoy seeing uh, LeBron and CP3. Just taking turns, playing uh, Stalining, just while AD standing there, just like, scre- guys, just I'm the best player on the court, right just now. Scre- just screaming at AD for not wanting to play center. Perfect. <laughs> I mean, that actually is perfect for us, boys, man. It is. All right, let's keep moving. Maxwell, what's up, man? Not much. I just had, I just had a question. So, because Brooke Lopez is now a question. If you look back at that 2008 draft where it was Ru- Russell Westbrook, Derrick Rose, Kevin Love, is he a debatable second-best player in that draft class? That is a great question, Maxwell. First off, can, can we just say Brooke Lopez, underrated NBA career. Just a solid he player. Solid, transformed solid himself, player. right? Transformed yeah. himself a few times in terms of what type of player he was. Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to organize this. I, I still think if you look at that draft class, Westbrook, Westbrook. was the best. Best, I mean, yeah. just had the best career, even though you'll never win a title with him. So take that for what you want. Um, I, <laughs> Derek Rose was the best player in that draft class for the short period of time before his you know tendons exploded. Right. Uh, Kevin Love had a good career. Serge Ibaka had a good career. Danilo Gallinari yeah. had a nice little career. Um. Then we get to Brooke Lopez. Honestly, Brooke Lopez, 10th overall pick, probably fifth or sixth best player in that draft class. Can't really complain about that. You know, you, you uh, got Goran Dragic in that draft class. Forgot about him. Uh, Eric Gordon. Randomly in this in this draft class. Yeah, I put him in the five, so, six. This is just a weird, weird a, kind of career. Very solid draft class of good players. Not, not, not so many franchise guys I want, but, you know, just solid class. Yeah. That could be this one, you know. You know, James Booknight might just be have a career like DJ Augustine. I don't know. Hey, so. hey, 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 hey! Moving on. Yeah. Moving along. Come on. We keep moving. Let's get <laughs> McWalter up here. What's up, guys? I thought we were going to talk draft here, but it, it's all good. Hey, I can believe to talk draft, so it's all it, it's all good. But um, I just want to say, uh, man, love fest for Giannis. This is great. Glad he did it. You know, who cares where CP3 goes, right? You know, whatever. I don't hate him. If he would have won, I would have been happy with that, too. Maybe I would have seen a few less State Farm commercials. Maybe maybe they would have gotten Un- someone unlike, new. Unlikely. You would have got more State Farm. <laughs> more State Farm? Well, those guys screwed over everyone up in Sonoma after the fire, so screw oh, State Farm. Um, so, anyways, um, yeah, no, I, I can't wait for the, the draft to come by. I think it's going to be great. You know, maybe we get Moody. Maybe we get someone who will be interesting to help our roster out. But I don't think there's going to be any fireworks. I don't think we're going to make some amazing trade that's going to win us the championship. But, hey, let's fill out that bench. Let's make the team stronger. 
hey, look what happens when you bring in some young talent. You can actually do some things. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm super stoked. Let's get the offseason started. Let's have some fun this offseason. Get a few more pods and get everyone fired up. Let's do always, it, man. Appreciate it as always, McWall. McWall's just bringing the positivity every week. Positive vibes from, from McWalter. Yeah, man. Much needed. And I'm burned. All right. Last. Oh, two. Last call of the day. Adam Burns. What up, man? What's up? Um, uh, uh, enjoy the podcast. And one thing I wanted to ask was, what's the next small market team you would like to see win a championship? Ooh, I love that question. Appreciate it. All right, Andy, if the Warriors can't win a title, who is the team you want to see win it? Oh, this is, this is, I'm running fans through are gonna that in my me. head. F- fans <laughs> are going to hate me. I already know who I'm going to pick and fans are going to hate me. Go for it then. I, I would, I would like to see, I, I, I would like to see the Utah Jazz win, win a title. <laughs> um, <laughs> I like the way they play basketball. I understand that Rudy Gobert is not very likable, but I really enjoy Donovan Mitchell, who, by the way, you talk about the, you talk about who book night is going to be is Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I think that every time, every time I watch book night highlights, it's like one highlight. I'm like, this is the next Donovan Mitchell. Next highlight. I'm like, this is Jordan Clarkson. So he goes back to <laughs> hey, Utah. Hey, well, not bad. It's one way or another. Look, I just, I enjoy the way they play. I think they've built their team the right way. I, I, I think that, um, that's how modern basketball should be played, and uh, I think they do it right. You know, they're they're. they're... <sighs> you want you want me to say Sacramento? <laughs> I think uh, I'll show some. Like I'll show some love for Sacramento. Um, they're on my short list. Uh, I'm gonna go Charlotte. Uh, I don't think they'll do it, but I would just be so thrilled watching old man Michael Jordan and Lamella Ball. That is a good and one. What, the, the whole you know Steph's from Charlotte, like. I guess I would like to see them reinvigorated. I think that's an underrated basketball team, uh, basketball city. They're obviously like five players away from competing for a title, but uh, I would like to see them. I would like to see. Uh, I'll go with Charlotte. I, I'm gonna. I would, I'm gonna go with the East. I don't. I, I don't. I don't need more teams in the West doing things. <laughs> uh, I mean, Atlanta would be cool. Well, are they small markets or not? All right, so. Um, anyway, I'm gonna stick with Utah. It's, people aren't gonna be happy about that one, but I, I really like that team. I like Boyan. Clarkson became likable. Okay, Gobert's like the CP3 of that team, man. It's like it's a team of likable guys. <laughs> and you got what? You got one guy where you're just like, shout out Joe Inglis. Yeah, yeah, shout out Joe Inglis. So anyway, uh, I guess we'll end there. Even though, even though that, I think Charlotte's a good fit. MJ, MJ winning another t- title would be awesome. LeBron wouldn't know what to do with himself. Yeah, we're going to end it here. Appreciate everyone (laughs) for listening. We'll be back Thursday. Congratulations to Milwaukee Bucks.